0: You guys are really going to enjoy the conversation that we just had with Erica. She is an incredible communicator, both professionally and personally. And I think some of the tools that she gave us around really helping kids to deal with the traumas and dramas on the playground, with having safe places to communicate, being really okay with tension and having those hard conversations was just so practical. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and enjoy the conversation.
1: Welcome to Enjoying Parenting. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast,
2: Ben. I'm Jenny. And I'm Susanna.
1: And we're going to have some really great conversations around getting the best out of your parenting, enjoying this crazy ride. So welcome along. So I'm glad you're here with us today on Enjoying Your Parenting. We're going to have some fun today with a guest. We've got our regular podcast host. So Miss Jenny with your two wonderful kids, what's been going on?
0: I'm so glad we're talking about communication today because we've had a week of, I'm going to say, suboptimal communication. Last night, we were sitting, you know when you're trying, you're trying really hard to communicate really kindly to your children, using your kind voice, you're using gracious words, and they're not hearing it, you know, after you've used your gracious words like 10 times, and then your voice gets to the extremely loud, (laughs) kind of crazy mom tone. And I thought it was so interesting that like both of my children same family, same genetics. Like We know that they are the polar opposite humans. But as I was yelling at them to finish their dinner, Max looked at me and he just like his little chin started quivering and his little eyes welled with tears. And he was just like, I'm so sorry. I'll eat my veggies. And then Iz she looked at me across the table and just said, I really like it when I tick you off. (laughs) And I was like, Uh, So yeah, anything that can help me communicate clearly and graciously and strongly to these children would be very helpful this week. How about you, Ben?
1: So I'm going to take your sass and I'm going to raise it because I mean, I have an 18 year old, Yeah. so she has way more sass. She has something she's been working on for a long time now. So (laughs) we were, I mean, she's really in the TikTok which I don't really get because I'm old. But mm. So the TikTok, I like to call it because it frustrates both my, my teenager <laughs> and my 20-year-old when I say the TikTok. The, the TikTok. Yeah. But she always does the TikTok dances and she's on her way to bed and she will often stop at the top of the stairs and do a TikTok dance on her way down. So she does that and then she's going down the stairs where we can just see her head and she just looks at us all and goes, bless and I was like, what? <laughs> like the hand out, <laughs> not just the words, but the picture of sass. And I couldn't help it. I just burst out laughing. He sat at Madison and Nell beside me. And it was so hilarious. We actually asked her to come back up and do it again. That's it was awesome. awesome. Yeah, totally. So that's what you have to look forward to, my friend.
0: So I'm yelling, you're mocking. Like Susanna. the perfect parent would never do this, would they? <laughs> you would never do this, right?
2: Well, I have to admit. I am like every other parent on the planet and I have raised my voice on numerous occasions with my children. The good news is, though, Jen, that my children still turned out amazing. Perfect. Even though Some I didn't do say. it perfect all the time.
0: <laughs> One in particular was extremely perfect, right? Oh,
2: okay. ben, ben is just amazing. Yeah. Totally amazing. <laughs>
1: totally. No, I, I appreciate that. We all know that's not true. So, but today because we're all having some fun communicating, we've actually got Erica Weir's here today to talk to us about communication with our kids and our own communication. And Erica, you have such an amazing story when it comes to your journey of communication and Mm. so much so that you've been teaching people and for us you've been teaching kids (laughs) in school. So what brought that about? Mm. Why did you start teaching kids in schools about communication?
3: Yeah, thank you. And by the way, thank you for having me here today. This is so much fun. You guys are hilarious (laughs) to listen to. I think we all have those parenting stories. I could bore you for hours. But for me, I've worked in communication industries, I guess you'd say, for a really long time. Like from the time I was 20 years old, which I'm not gonna tell you how long ago that was, but it's a very long time. Yesterday. It was yesterday. I started working in television, in media, I did a bunch of different roles, ended up being a TV presenter, which was super fun form of communication, onto then radio and speaking, but I got this job. I started doing this job out of nowhere. It was so divine. Facilitating. So being in schools and teaching behavior change programs. I didn't even know what that was when I took the job. In fact, I said to the guy in the interview, hey, when I read you ad, I thought it was a scam. I was like, <laughs> who says that? And he looked me in the eye and said, how do you know it's not? <laughs> I just went, you're my people. So I did this job and I loved it. And I went into schools doing their material, like their okay. program, and I loved it. But I had a little back injury at the time and couldn't continue on in the way I was going. And I just was driving one day and my husband rang me and I answered the call and he goes, oh, what's up with you? You sound grumpy. Don't you love when partners know (laughs) exactly (laughs) just from your tone of voice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of communication. And I said, I love speaking to children. I didn't know that was going to be on my heart, but it, it was. I just feel there's more I can be doing. And he said, like, What? And I, without hesitating, I always say if I could write music, it would feel like this, but I can't. You know, when they say the song was given to me, it just fell into my head. It was like that. And I just went, communication. He goes, what do you mean? And without hesitating, I went, hmm, public, private and playground. He's like, what? I'm like, never mind, I'm going to work on it and I'll get back to you. (laughs) And I went away and I researched for a year and I interviewed parents and teachers and principals and counsellors and psychologists and and students. And I'm also a mum and at the time my kids were in primary school and I'm watching all the traumas and dramas they bring home from the playground, Mm -hmm. you know, you're all nodding, yep. (laughs) Yeah. And I sort of went, okay, we're going to talk about the playground and how to communicate with friends. We're going to talk about public speaking and how not to fear it and we're going to talk about the messages we send to ourselves in private. And then my three, that's where I started the program. I've got other talks and things I do now but that's where it started and it's a gift every day that I get to go into a school and start this process and parents and teachers at the back are putting their thumbs up like keep going because you're calling stuff out. You're talking about kids saying, that girl hates me. I know she does and I, and I, I over and I go, how do we know that? And they all put their heads down (laughs) because they thought it in their head. It was not a reality. And I help them understand that the way we think and the way we speak can affect the way we relate to people. So that's, sorry, that's a bit of a long story, but that's sort of where it all came from. That's great. Mm.
0: Thank you. Mm. It's so good. Actually, it's interesting. My children are obviously incredibly different, but one thing I have found is that I love doing things like this, but I really I don't enjoy public mm. speaking. I personally don't enjoy public speaking from a stage. And I've noticed that is, as sassy and confident as she is, mm. she really freaks out. Yeah. Like when you're given the mic or when she needs to do something at assembly. Like she is yeah. petrified. And I just thought, because It scares me as well. I just thought, what are some of the practical things that Mm. she would
3: say that I could make her more comfortable in that space? Ah, such a good question. And my brain is just filling up with answers, so I'm going to try to sort of limit it to a (laughs) few things. I think when I picture a beautiful girl like yours who is so confident and knows who she is and has no issue, I love the story, I like ticking you off. Like this kid is strong. Yeah. So on the outside, everyone's probably going, why can't she get up on a stage? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think it's because there's a different perception Around. So when she's in the living room and she's ticking you off, she is safe. Yeah. She is a hundred percent in her zone. She knows who she is and she knows what she's given. Now, if she gets up on a stage, that's all of a sudden not a safe space for her. And I was um, reflecting on this during the week about the difference between performance and communication. So when we're told, I don't know if you remember your first speech you've had to do at primary school and they send you home with a list of choices you can make and that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know. When I was young, like we didn't get a lot of instruction right, around it. Mine yes, too long t- ago. Too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, mine's a little bit long ago too. And I can just remember going, well, what do I do? How do I do it? And so you feel you've got to put on a persona, right? You're in front of people. You want them to be engaged. Even, I think, young, they still want to think they're making a difference. They're listening. They think it's great oh, my goodness, I can remember my boy coming home once. I go, how did you speak? She goes, I don't think they liked it. That's the first thing kids think, right? So where Izzy's sort of so confident in her own space and she can talk and she can do things that prove who she is, maybe being on a stage, she's like, I've got to perform. I can't be that safe me. I can't be that me that I am at home. I've got to be a different me. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So they shy away from it, potentially. Whereas if you were helping her understand, and it really helps if they've got a topic they love. I did one with my son once on how to whinge effectively.
0: <laughs> oh, she <laughs> would him, be into that. Yeah,
3: I said to him, all right, you can pick anything. You know what you're really good at? You're really good at begging for stuff. And we were joking about it. And together I helped him write a speech about the five perfect whinges or something. <laughs> he delivered that speech like a boss, and this is my child that doesn't like speaking in public. So I think when they can love what they're talking about, you can then say to them, the difference between public speaking and just communicating a message is you got something to say and your daughter definitely has something to say.
0: Maybe her topic could be on how to tick your mama. That's it.
3: I'm not even kidding. If she wrote although your school may not appreciate it, if she did a speech on something that brought out her sassiness, I reckon I could see her Mm. up on a platform kind of going – All the parts of her brain would be in line as well. And I know, Ben, I've heard you talk before about the flipping your lid thing. And and that's something I also talk about in my sessions. It's like when anxiety hits and panic hits, it goes into the amygdala. And we're like, but then it's like breathing. It's positive visualization. It's like, you know, it is, you know, when you told me off in the lounge room before, just harness that. And she'll be like, I don't understand. No, that confidence, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think the difference can be if we're setting our kids up to communicate a message, it's different to... You need to perform and fulfill all these duties to be a good speaker. Maybe that's helpful.
2: Mm. (laughs) Erica, we all know at the moment there's a lot of fear in our little children's lives. Mm. I guess we all know also as parents and myself as a grandparent that we need those fears to be able to come out. Mm. So how do we help our children, our grandchildren Mm. communicate their fears well so that they feel really heard and they don't feel they have to hold any back?
3: Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I think I've had instances over the years as a parent with anxiety, dealing with anxiety and fear and and things like that. And I think the very first, and i got to say, I know you guys say this all the time, not an expert, not Mm. always getting it right, but I think one of the first things is being a safe place Mm. that they can talk to you. And I think the way we become a safe place is we stop being busy When you see that they need you, obviously, and that's Mm. so hard in this day and age. And I know that, Mm. but the body language. So rather than you're cooking dinner and they're there and they're little and you're big, it's like, it's the sitting together at the same level. Sometimes Mm. in our family, it's laying on the bed. (laughs) Like I'll be laying on the bed and someone will come and go, mom. And I'm like, that's the cue. Put the thing down you're doing. Focus. Listen without judgment. I think is a big one. So when they start to share what the fear is, you guys know you're all nodding. You're like, that's just silly, is never gonna cut it. <laughs> Cause it's just gonna make them feel like their feeling is silly and then yeah. they won't share anymore. Something else I've read over the years is modeling how you handle anxiety. Because mm. we all have our own stresses in our work life, in our married life, in, in everything, in parenting. Mm. Yeah. I'm not saying we can't be real and I have cried in front of my kids and, and they've laid hands on me, <laughs> like they've tried to help, but I think it's how we model it too, mm. that they start to mirror you know the little sponges and they just see you and they go yep. oh mum does it this way they're not even thinking it consciously but then they're out in the playground one day they get anxious and they do what you do mm. it's kind of terrifying like that isn't it because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we have to be so accountable and something that I actually learned from you Mrs Bateman is being present in the pain is just to sit with it and my daughter signaled that to me once you're always trying to fix it mum or mm. always trying to give me the answers mm. so I sit with her and I let her get it out and when she's ready Oh, that's so hard for me because I'm not patient. <laughs> then we can together make a positive action plan. Yeah. Also, what do you think you'll do next time this happens? Like, what mm. are you feeling? That kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That was
2: one of the things that, as adults, when I've asked my children, where were the things that I didn't do that they really would have liked me to have done as a parent? Two of them, two out of the four, said, Mum, you didn't sit with us long enough. Mm. Because I'm a very positive person and I'm very upbeat yeah. <laughs> as a parent of young children I definitely did make that mistake I'm mm. um, thinking I was doing the right thing yeah. to try to cheer them on yeah. before they'd actually I'd sat there long enough with them so that they could actually feel the pain and come out the other end yeah. but you know even that's a trick because sometimes you don't want them to wallow in it either right. but again I do say that even though I could have sat with them longer and they've let me know that <laughs> they're both very confident that's right. And confident adults. So I didn't ruin them. So again, we don't have to do it perfectly. That's right. But I also agree with you. I have a, a saying often with parents that I help in the childcare centres and I often say to them, your children will catch much more than what they're taught. Mm. So I do agree with you with that modelling. Mm. That makes a very big difference. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt for our children to see that we have some fears. Yeah. But then, when they see that we can overcome our fears, Mm. that's what empowers them. Absolutely. And the fear then isn't empowering them. Yeah. But they know, (laughs) well, mum and dad can overcome their fears so we can overcome ours.
3: Kids were at some event one time and they had to fill out a little scrap of paper about their parents. Actually, my daughter said, Oh, I only wrote that because I didn't know what else to write. Yeah, good idea. But she wrote, My mum is. And then she wrote, Oh, my mum. And she wrote, Never gives up and is kind. And uh-huh. I went, oh, and I just kept it because, oh, my goodness, you know, anytime you get affirmed yeah, by your own yeah. kids, <laughs> you don't let that go. And I put it in some kind of book, a diary, I think it was. And the next time I opened it, I was actually about to give up on something. Oh. I was feeling really stretched. Mm. And I saw it and my own child wrote. And my brain and my heart at the same time went, this is why I don't give up. Yeah, Because yeah. I want her to know. that you don't give up. Now, obviously, unhealthy situations, yes, be discerning, but that reminded me as I opened this book, I was like, I can't do this anymore, I give up. And I went, oh, my mum never gives up. Right, I'm modelling something here. Yeah. Whether I'm perfect at it or not, which I'm not, at least you're doing the effort and making the difference.
2: Well, the reality is too when we're modelling it and we're not doing it perfectly, we're actually teaching them how to live life. I don't know about you, but I can't think of anything really that I've done in my life that I've done perfectly. Absolutely not. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So the children need to see that and see that it's okay and that they're going to be fine. Yeah.
3: yeah. I think the other thing too with fear and letting them express fear is actually asking the right questions Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes, again, because I very much am like the way you described, like I jump in, I try to fix and I'm learning slowly Mm -hmm. to do the old agency thing. Oh, so how do you think you'll cope? What do you think you'll do next time that happens? Like really solutions focused stuff rather oh. than you know what I think you should do. Mm. Like it becomes them then reflecting on what they're thinking and feeling knowing they're safe because you're there but giving them the opportunity to reflect on on where mm. they're at. Yeah. Mm.
1: I think it's really interesting reflecting today. You just talked about safety again. I don't think I've ever thought about communication being a safe mm. thing that yeah. actually you need safety to communicate well, whether you're on a stage, whether you're with a parent, wherever you are. Actually, if you're going to communicate well, it's because you feel safe in that moment. I've never connected those dots.
3: (laughs) Well, I think too, you get to a place where if you're working on, if it's public communication, it's not always going to be right. I mean, I've hosted events at places and turned up and they've gone off, you go do this and and you don't know where you're going to land. You don't know who's watching. And I think as you get older, not necessarily for the little ones, you start to find that safety in you. And Mm. that's where I teach more teenage kids about what are your values? What do you believe? What do you stand for? What do you fall for? And then I move on to So how do you think things through? Is it hypersensitive? Are you overreactive? Like how do we control that? And we talk about the brain. And then I talk about now that you know what you value, who you are, what you bring, and now that you know how to think things through critically but still with empathy, it's a big talk, then we get to, right, so how are you going to speak? You know all this now. Mm. And the idea is you're not gonna get knocked down. You're not gonna feel unsafe because inside you know who you are. Mm. And that's something we do on a on a what is it? Our whole life is who are we? You know, that kind oh, absolutely. of but there's tools to sort of start building that process is something that I absolutely adore doing. And I've had a U twelve student crying saying, You've just kind of changed how I view everything. I went, I'm sorry. She said, No, no, it's good. But I could tell she was wrestling with it. I've got to like me before I can communicate with you mm. effectively. Wow, that's huge. I'm like, yeah, but it's every day because yeah. we all fall down, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think it's really interesting that you were talking about like when they're already naturally quite good at something. So really how do you build and how do you enhance mm. and how do you acknowledge that in your kids? Because mm. I think. Max is your typical firstborn, has had many, many conversations with adults before he talked to kids, you know, that space. And I remember like in kindergarten, you know, like when it's your first, it's your practice kid, you don't even realize it. But I remember, yeah, Ben, the practice kid. No, but I remember his kindergarten teacher said to me, she's like, you know, Max is really interesting the way he communicates. And I was like no that's he's my only one like, yeah, yeah. No. but she said oh it's really interesting because often he'll talk very differently to the teachers in the room and then he uses completely different words wow. to the kids in the room wow and that's at five and i went oh i've never noticed that but he knew like he'd use quite big words and i always went oh but but language and like his literacy skills has always been something we knew he was great at so yeah. encouraging that yeah. And it's one of those things where I went, oh, I actually don't know how to actually keep building and keep giving him opportunities to grow in that. And I've noticed even as he's gotten older that probably that self-awareness, like he's always been aware of what other people are thinking, but that self-awareness where he's almost been nervous, like where he's kind of drawn back a little bit. So I think that's something I'd love to know some advice on keep moving him forward and championing something
3: do you know it's funny when my son he's the second born but he has a funny way of talking and the words you know when you laugh when a kid uses the word actually in there too yeah you know that kind of thing and we all giggle and go oh that's so cute he was very similar and so we noticed that he could communicate with adults sometimes better than the kids like max being able to do both that's a skill i don't think even some adults have like that's that's quite amazing when Ethan was little, I remember dragging them into like a women's clothing shop because I had to buy something and Lily came with me and he just waited in the area. And I heard, sorry, I heard the sales assistant laughing and I went out to find out what was going on and he had his hands across the table of the checkout area, like spread out, confidence stance. <laughs> and he looks at the lady and apparently he had said, got anything besides girl stuff? <laughs> and I'm just like, who is this kid? Like he's so confident. Yeah. And this is the one I was just sharing, doesn't like public speaking yeah right so I think when a child has articulation like that and the Mm. the mind to speech is so strong Mm. that's a gift that Mm. they have and I think for him at times it made him feel like he wasn't like a normal kid
0: yeah that's kind of that it's like
3: oh I'm being a little bit weird on the playground yeah I think one of the things that helps I don't, you can't manufacture this. It just has to hopefully happen is when they find someone who's like-minded. Yeah. Can be such a blessing. So I actually put that down a little bit to emotional intelligence. And I think your boy has got a lot of emotional intelligence. And so when he kind of connects with another kid that has that mm. vibe, they will rock it together. Yeah. Like they'll change the world together, but on his own, he probably feels a bit. Actually,
0: that's such a good point is getting like finding older kids that actually can really mentor and like actually model that so he's not the odd one out. Exactly.
3: Yeah, and also too when Izzy is older and they can have those conversations together, listening to my two talk is like, that's a podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hilarious what they come up with and the way they mock us as parents, but I'm still paying it going, that's clever. That's really insightful.
0: (laughs) Actually, so funny. Sometimes Max will come down and Izzy is flipping her nut and he's like,
3: Izzy's having a hard time controlling her emotions today. <laughs> I'm like, I, Okay, is. I'm going to tell you one that's embarrassing because we have mental health professionals in our house. <laughs> okay, Lily, you're pushing my boundaries. And I swear that's it, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually think that we honour them. We honour them for the way that they're interpreting the world and I think sometimes too, continuing to parent them. We're still the parent. You know, mm. they act like they're little adults and they can trick us sometimes and we forget they're not little kids. And then it's like, actually, No. I'm in charge. This is how it's You know what I mean? Like they can sometimes get a bit too old for their
0: – I think sometimes that is because I think when they're really articulate mm. and they, when they do present really well, mm. I kind of go – and then when they have the meltdown, I'm like, oh, I forgot you're eight. That's right.
3: I'm really sorry I forgot you were eight. See, but... my kids will say, Mom, I'm 12. Like they'll actually tell me now if I'm treating them to. So I think it's – you would know. Like it's in every age that they turn. It's a mm. new year of parenting, right?
2: It is. It's a whole new season. and. I think that's one of the really important things about parenting is that we realise that they're always going through a season. But you as a parent are going through a season as well because hopefully we're all growing yeah. all the time and different seasons require different approaches mm. and it's okay. Sometimes I found when I was a younger mum, like you're talking about the first a practice child, which Ben was, <laughs> for me, <laughs> I remember when he went from sixth class to year seven, Mm. so year six to year seven, it was like somebody came along and turned a switch and he was completely different. Mm. And it was that whole puberty thing. And I can remember saying, oh, my goodness, where did this kid come from? And so, yeah, it's just another Mm. season. So I had to learn how to mother differently again. Mm. But that's exactly the same as then fast forward and Ben gets married And I have my first daughter in love. Mm. That's still parenting because she may not be my blood daughter, but she is my daughter. Mm. And so I actually said to Nell, Ben's wife, I have no idea how to be a (laughs) mother-in-law. She said, don't worry about it. I'll teach you. I went, great. We can do this together. (laughs) And so it was just another season. But I was actually really quite nervous about that Mm. because I wanted to do it well. Mm. Like we all want to do our parenting well. But I think it's just remembering again that we're on a journey, they're on a journey, we're not trying to get to a destination. Yeah. We're all on a journey and they will be changing, you will be changing, and it's all good.
1: Yeah, and as being the perfect child yeah.
2: <laughs> married,
1: no one had me to lean on when you were a hopeless mother in law. <laughs> So I could be there for her, console you, and help you guys work it out. So (laughs) you're welcome.
2: And somehow Um, or other Nell and I get on really well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Despite me, (laughs) me they get on well. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Even that, because Mm. with four children like I have, Mm. so three boys, one girl, all my three daughter-in-laws are different, Yeah, completely different, but I so value every one of them. And, of course, Anna's husband, Joel, well, I couldn't have chosen a better partner for her so I am very blessed but that doesn't mean to say there isn't challenges on learning how to do that
3: yeah because you're communicating differently as well with each different person yeah and yeah absolutely it's like parenting Jen's got two very different kids I've got two very different kids (laughs) yeah and it's like what works for them is not necessarily going to work Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what works for one sex doesn't
2: work for another sex, mm-hmm. too, in in lots of areas. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, as much as some people don't like you saying that, it probably doesn't sound politically correct. <laughs> it's actually that's yeah. my journey. That's your I found that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, for you, Erica, how have you gone about? You just looked at the fact your kids are different, mm. and you have one of each gender. Mm. So, how do you modify? Like if you're talking to both the kids at the same time about the same thing, <laughs> how do you communicate to those two different communication Ooh. styles, different it, ages, different genders? Yeah,
3: it's hard, isn't it? Like. If they're in a conflict, often I'll just be like, you know what, sort it out and tell me how you did it because I don't want to get too involved in those things. But then when it's really hard, I actually sometimes, oh, they must be so frustrated with me. They're going to tell stories to their kids one day about grandma. I actually really try hard to make them do active listening to each other. So we had a situation where someone ate the last something or other and there was a fight. On the surface, it was so... Nothing. It was mm. just nothing, but it went on for a long time. So that suggested to me there's a deeper thing at play here. And the thing was that the person felt overlooked. They didn't feel seen by the older <laughs> sibling. And also the older sibling was embarrassed because the younger one acted out while her friend was over. So there was embarrassment and there was over. I said, right, forget about the pizza now. That's not what we're talking about. If I hear that word one more time, <laughs> that's not part of the situation. So what well. we're going to talk about now is the feeling. And That's what we talked about. And they had to go back and forth until they both understood me. And they're like, can we go now? (laughs) I'm like, yes, you can go. But see, if you do this again, that's what I'm going to make you do. (laughs) Because when they fight over the trivial stuff, it's so frustrating, right, as a parent. Mm. Because you're seeing the deeper thing. You're Mm. seeing what's behind it. But they can't because they're really young. I jumped in there and at times I feel like I shouldn't. I should let them work it out. But in this one particular case, we did. And I said, Is there a way you guys could indicate to each other when someone's around that you're feeling annoyed and without blowing up? And then they came up with a little code. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if they've ever actually employed it, but then they walked away. And then I felt because we did it together like that, I could actually express myself to both at the same time Mm. on the same level because I was hopefully giving them a tool that they could actually use, which is hilarious because where I got that from was I do a lot of marriage prepare with my husband who's a counsellor and he does these exercises with couples about listening and reflecting, attach the emotion to this. And I'd literally just use that. Like I just used that model. I said let's give this a crack. In my head I'm going, let's give this a crack. See how it goes. And at the end they were, well, they were bored, but they were also – but they learned. understood. Mm. Yeah. I so said this isn't about pizza. This is about being overlooked. Mm. And then that dug up all this stuff for the younger mm. one. The older one's like, I would never do that to you. Like it was beautiful in the end. Mm.
1: I was very tired. <laughs> so your kids but, but, are twelve and fourteen. Like mm. what age group do you think you could use that with? Because obviously little, little ones, that's not That's gonna, harder, right? Where do you think like um, that would start well, to again, work? We just talked about
3: Max being ahead of his time with his emotional oh. intelligence and I think I've done that to our two a bit. So yeah that just happened to work because they were so fired up anything would have helped at that point to diffuse it but I think with little ones when they really arc up or they really don't know how to control where their feelings are and that's sort of this new set of talks I've been doing for K to 4 then I just talk about the calming down first and I've brought you a present today Ah, can I give you a present? Sounds nice. All right so this is for you Sue. I like presents. Oh, so thank you. I've made you each one. And what I'm giving the guys <laughs> is a calm jar. Yeah. And oh. that's uh, basically little miracles colours there. That's for you, Yes, Jen. thank you. Thank you. And for Ben to take home to Tilly if she would like. Oh, yes. So I use these calm jars just as a way to explain the concept of the mind. And so when it's still, that's when we're at peace and life is kind of going okay and we're not stressing about too much. So this is like our mind. And then when we do a little shake, just a tiny little shake, that's when our thoughts are creeping in but we're still calm. We can see what's going on. When you really shake that up, as you all have just done because that's awesome, (laughs) you just shook them all straight away, that's like when we're so out of control we can't see clearly. And the way way it settles is you actually don't have to do anything. You just put it on the table. Mm. It'll calm down after a while. So you just say to the little ones, I want you to look at the jar or whatever you have as your tool. And you go, I want you to take a breath, take another one, in, the, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And as they start to calm, the glitter starts to calm. And it's just a tool. It's not yeah. the only tool. It's just one that I like to – and it's mm. also in schools they love the, how pretty they are.
2: And I think no matter what age, mm. they would like that. Can you just explain what it actually yeah, is so it given so it's a
3: glass jar. And in it is glitter and a little bit of glue. And all it does is it sits at the bottom like a snow globe. And when you shake it up, it goes crazy. Now, you say any age? Well, my husband is in the middle of doing a thesis. (laughs) And I took one into his office the other day and I said, here, use this. Thinking he would laugh at me, but he put it there. Next time I came in the room, it had been shaken and he had been looking at it. (laughs) So it kind of kept his overwhelmness under control. That's actually a really
0: big penny drop moment for me in the past couple of weeks, even over COVID Mm. and really working with kids with anxiety. And I think you live with a psychologist, Erica. I sit in a team with about four psychologists around me and I'm constantly going, okay, this. But this week, someone said to me, they said, actually, the doing nothing and being okay with the tension." Actually, holding that space yep. because they said actually a child's anxiety and like you could really, they can only go high strung for about 40 minutes until you naturally, your body just starts coming down. Otherwise, it's incredibly stressful on them. Mm. And I went, like, Oh, that's actually like just holding that space. Yeah. And w- we actually started using
3: these oh, little there jars. Goes. So, Tom does. Yeah. And calm so jars. As it starts to settle, you're right. And that's, I didn't know that. So, 40 minutes is fantastic. And so, once they're there, I guess. What I do when I do the little talks, I talk about we're angry or we're this or we're that and we, let's all pretend to be angry. Let's all pretend, you know, and then I go stop, shake up the jar, let it settle yeah. and then I go into thinking. Yeah. So now that we're settled, what do you think just happened? And then they can reflect on why they got angry or why the person was mm. this but until they're back to normal – Mm. they're not really going to feel free to communicate how yeah. they're feeling. Yeah. So I guess that's a tip that I yes. – a tool that awesome. I use. But my kids are older than that now. They just think they're pretty and they want every colour in their bedroom. <laughs> so we sit and make them in our dining table. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. This You're is a, I've got my own calm jar now to like shake with the children.
3: <laughs> in fact, I had a coffee with a friend that I hadn't seen for a very long time recently and I pulled one out and I don't know why I gave it to her and the whole time we were talking she was shaking it. Mm. So it's, I don't know. It's just one of those yeah. things that really – and when my husband and I talk and I might say, I've had a stressful day, he'll go, oh, your jar's a bit shaken up. Or it's a language we use yeah, now. Awesome. And I go, yeah, actually it is. And I mm. realise I've got to calm down before I can talk. Just a thing. What
2: I love <laughs> about that is that you're actually empowering the child. Mm. You're giving them a tool that they themselves can use. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Cause because we yell a lot of information at them. Mm. But I think when... When you give them, mm. yeah, when you actually empower them. Mm. That's fabulous. It's
3: really good. <laughs> and they do look pretty. They, look, they can look like they ornaments look in pretty. your home. But. Yeah,
2: <laughs> they do. And yeah. they're not, obviously I haven't made one, but listening to you how to make water them, glue and, glitter. anybody can do yeah. it yeah. In, a,
3: in a jar uh, now mind you I will say I'm not that clever I haven't sealed them with any kind of glue I'll leave that to you guys if you're yeah. giving them to little kids but as adults I think we're pretty safe and obviously if you're giving them to smaller
2: children make smaller ones so that they yeah. can handle them yeah. yeah
3: so it's just that's just one way Ben that I, yeah. I think when we're talking to littleies it's like firstly it's just getting that okay we've got to calm them back down and then then reflect yeah
1: know. I love the practicality of this. Well, I think one of the things I'm learning from doing the podcast is that people have tools Mm. rather than just expecting, you know, just be calm. Yeah. Stop it. Settle down. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. calm down. I've had a cool journey as a dad. It's probably the hardest thing, the best thing I've got to do in life. But Mm. just doing this podcast has opened me up to new ways of doing things and actually having more tools and listening to more people about what tools Mm. are effective for Mm. them with their kids Mm. or in their world. Yeah. I've learned heaps. Thank you for this. Oh, it's
3: a pleasure. One's
1: pretty pink one, so I will be giving this to Tilly. <laughs> well, it could be for anybody. Um, <laughs> I look in a pink shirt, so maybe I'll keep it.
3: <laughs> or it's a little miracle's colour and you can use it in the centre. <laughs> sure. um, but, yeah, I agree. And I think for me too, even when I set out to come up with something to do with communication, all I knew in my heart when I started was if we can all communicate well from a place of internal peace and understanding mm. who we are wouldn't that change the world absolutely and that's where oh, I came mm. from and that's what I'm attempting to do and i tell you it's a quick story I was doing a session at a school here on the coast and I was talking about assertive behavior Because I think that's a really important one Mm. for kids to learn the difference between being aggressive, being passive and then in the middle being assertive. And I do this role play and and I say, okay, you're this, you're passive, you're aggressive, come and be my actors and you're assertive. And I teach them who they're going to be and they're all like chuffed because they're going to act. And I go, all right, I am the canteen lady and I forgot to give you change. And I often make a joke and go, well, if I worked at your canteen, I probably would have (laughs) because I'm not good with money. (laughs) Right. Come and ask me for it in your character. So the passive person comes up and goes, oh, excuse me. And we all clapped them. that was brilliant. That was so passive. Well done. You know what I mean? Mm. Aggressive person, give me money. And I go, congratulations, detention for a week. And Everyone claps and we laugh. And then the assertive person doesn't always know what to do because I've just been training them and I say, well, let's look at the board again. What does assertive look like? Strong but also respectful and kind. Great words. Looks you in the eye like I'm going over. Okay. Hi, I'm Erica and I was here an hour ago and, and I bought the sausage roll and you didn't give me the dollar change. And I go, oh, my gosh, give them a clap. Do this over and over and over. And I get to a point where I say, "We're going to try a really hard one now. That girl in the playground said something nasty about me and they all just like hush comes over the crowd. Aww. Passive person's fine, aggressive's fine, but when it comes to the assertive one, they never know what to say because oh, wow. it's such a hard one to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, right, let's shout out. How can we help her? Hands up, what could we say? And of course, when they're in the crowd, they're a lot stronger. But the one at the front's going, I don't know what to do. Anyway, we finally got to the point. Where she said, hi. I just couldn't help but overhear. That really hurt my feelings. And I thought maybe we could talk about it or whatever like that. Everybody, massive clap. One boy puts his hand up, miss. No one's ever going to say that. And oh. I just looked him in the eye and I go, I dare you. (laughs) I said, I dare you. Why not make a change now? Because when you're older, it's going to be much harder. Mm. If you can just make that assertive statement now, mm. then you're not going to go home and, and I always do the overacting and grab my heart and go, I'm never going to make that school again. You don't have to go home like that because mm. you've made an assertive statement. And that's when they sort of look at me like, is it possible? Could I do it? And then I have to kind of leave them and I go to another school, but I've left that thought. Yeah. Do we have to go home wounded? Can we stand up and say kindly and respectfully, hey, that wasn't cool. What could we do next time or what have I done? And then conversation starts. Mm. But yeah. Kids go, but no one's ever going to do that. And they go, I dare you to. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah.
2: I guess one of the questions that I had for you was it's great that we are teaching our children to be assertive and I absolutely, totally believe in it. And I think there would be a lot less bullying in the schools if they learnt how to do that and do that well. Mm. However, how do we help children know how to do that speak well and communicate well with their peers mm. confidently, mm. like you're saying, mm. but also how do we help them speak to adults? Yeah. Absolutely. Respectfully. Yeah. Still, they can still be assertive in that and mm. there'll be times where they need to be for yeah. sure. But how do we teach them to do
3: the both? Going back to Jen and Max being able to talk to adults quite early mm. in life is amazing. I think the first thing for kids is actually being confident enough to speak to adults mm. is a, a step, is a first step. But once they do have their sass on and like you guys have been talking about with your kids, it's again, I think it's modelling. But I also do a little bit in the session where I talk about knowing your audience. So I get the three little bears, I think it is, story, and I get three kids up. I go, you're telling a mate, you're telling your preschool class, ironically, Little Americas, and you're telling the principal. Go. And so one goes, you're not going to believe it. There's this girl and she broke into this house. And we go, yay, well done. Then the preschool one's like, once upon a time. You know what I mean? And (laughs) and then this one goes, sir, it was like this. She broke into the house. I saw it with my own eyes. (laughs) like You know what I mean? (laughs) And so what I'm doing there is I'm just sort of saying, look, there are going to be different ways we talk and Mm -hmm. the tone and the body language and all the rest of it. Now, if, you know, a girl comes up crying or a boy comes up crying to a teacher and says, that person was mean. Oh, what did they say? Oh, they said they liked my hair. Then you're going to look at them and go, what? But if you heard the tone, which was oh, great hair, you're going to know that that person meant harm. And so I sort of do this thing around what is your tone saying? What is your body language saying? Like words are only 7% of communication. Yeah, And so helping them understand that. That if you are going to be rude to an adult, there are consequences for that. that Where is the respect? But it's also how you're respecting your peer. Are you paying each other out in the playground and then coming in and being perfect for your teacher? Like that doesn't work either. Mm. So I I just, I do a whole, the first whole chapter is on respect. Mm. What are kind words? What are respectful? How do you want to be treated? That kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, it's an ongoing thing. And I think if parents can do it at home as well as people are teaching it at school, then they've got a better chance of. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm.
1: Awesome. Well, I was just thinking you've been talking a lot about communication and you've given us lots of tips on (laughs) things you've been doing in schools with kids. How has that changed your communication with your own kids? Mm,
3: Yes, because you have to live it, right? (laughs) Because there's no duplicity
1: in this if I can't do
3: it with my own kids. Yeah. Well, firstly, when I got to sort of help them – Work out their own conflict. That was kind of cool, but I was still being like an instructor. I was still instructing them. It still wasn't just me. But I think, and I'm going to embarrass Sue now because this is what I was saying earlier. I was actually present while you were talking one day, and my daughter was sitting next to me. And when you were talking about not sitting in the pain long mm-hmm. enough, she turned to me with the more sass than either of your children. <laughs> and she looked at me and she went, Uh huh. I went, What? And then we went home that day and we were sitting together in the lounge, and I said, talk to me i really want to hear and she said yeah like you're so positive and it's really good but it's too quick like you're not doing mm-hmm. it just like that lady was saying and i was like oh man like i thought i was given all these great tools and yeah. here i am telling other people and here's my own kid saying you're not just stopping enough and so that was a real wake-up call for me so i still have to stop myself i go <gasps> yeah yeah mm how are you feeling? <laughs> like it's so hard because I'm a natural coach and a natural teacher or whatever you call it. But yeah. as a mom, right, you just got to sit mm. there and you got to hold them and love them. And I do tend on the side of empowerment clearly after everything yeah. I've shared so yeah, far. Yeah. And, and I want to still be that and I want to yeah. be the greatest cheerleader that they've ever had yeah. but I've still got to give them space, I think. Mm.
2: And you do have to be yourself. Mm. That's the reality. But we have to learn while mm. we're being ourselves. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things I've got from being a strengths coach is that every talent has a destructive side to it. Yes. And while you're an amazing communicator and you spend all this time being a communicator, yep. Yep. teaching other people how to communicate, there's still destructive <laughs> side right. to your communication, right? So i really appreciate your vulnerability in that mm. last story and going, hey, yeah, there's all these things I'm good at naturally and yet it's still a challenge. Yeah. So thank you for that. Oh. I really appreciate now, it.
3: Now I get told regularly, can you stop making everything a life lesson? <laughs> like every day. <laughs> I'm like, that wasn't a life lesson. I was just asking you to clean up your bedroom. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I think I get criticized more than I probably deserve at times, but it's really important. And I think they teach me yeah. and I, I want to tell you one more story so my eldest had I remember hoping this is a terrible thing to hope as a parent that she wouldn't have anything overtly good early on because I didn't want to have to put up with people's opinions and all this stuff and I was my own story and I'm like looking at her and of course she comes out of the womb and she can sing I'm like oh okay that's great yay <laughs> but I know she's gonna find good things and bad things in being noticed. you know yeah. what I'm saying? So anyway, when she was younger, she had this big performance thing she was doing for quite a young girl. And so she was a little bit different to the rest of her class. And the class were at this event, but she had to literally stand separately to them as a soloist. And I was there as the guardian, like the parent. I had to stay with her. Anyway, these kids were filing in and they're walking past us. Some, yay, we're so proud of you. And some, just an mm. evil eye. Just oh, and I looked at her, and every mother instinct was like, "No, I'm not going to injure that child." But that child is hurting my child, yeah. and and I went to my daughter, and I wanted to unpack the whole thing, and I wanted to process it with her and coach her, and, and instead, I just, I don't know what to do, and I was just staring at her, and she seemed okay, but she saw it; she knew someone had just
2: given her the evil, given eye. her the
3: evil eye, and made her feel bad about being successful. And I stood there and I went, okay, what am I going to do? And she looked up at me and I said, you know what, Lily, sometimes in life, and she grabbed, mum, I saw it and it's okay. She might've just been having a bad day. I went, oh my gosh, like I was overreacting. I was feeling all the feelings. And she said to me, she positively reframed it herself. I didn't even have to tell her. So I was like, okay, I don't have to be over every single thing and I can trust you. But at the same time, there was a maturity there I hadn't seen yet. It was the first time I'd seen mm. that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, hundred yeah. percent. Just an amazing moment to go, I want you to be successful and I want you to handle what comes with that, but you seem to be doing okay mm. and I don't have to save you or rescue you. So that was yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: We're a funny world, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are a very funny world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. Well, thank you so much for being part of the conversation today and Mm -hmm. I I appreciate my little gift. (laughs) I saw the smiles on the faces around the table too, but I mean, even more than the gifts, just, yeah, the tools that you've given us all, Mm. those of us are listening and those of us who've got to join this conversation. If, as parents, this podcast is all about parenting Mm. and you've given sorts of parenting tips, but what's the one thing that you would want us to take away from your experience as a communicator and your experience as a mum? What would you want us to take away from today that would really resonate for us as parents around communication?
3: That's such a great question. In terms of one, that's hard. But the first thing that actually just popped into my head is I think to be an incredible communicator, you have to be an amazing listener. Mm. And mm. I think listening to your children when they're either imparting about their day, which could go on for three hours and not draw <laughs> breath, and as busy parents, yeah, Ben's just saying high five, and as we're standing there going, we have so many things to do, That's them communicating. Um, They're communicating the small stuff now, but it's the big stuff later. You want them to feel free to communicate too. And so for me, I think being an amazing listener and then unconditional love and empathy, I think. Mm. Awesome.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. So – what are ways that people listening today can actually learn more about what you do mm. and where can we get in contact with you? Yeah,
3: cool. If you want to check out all the stuff that I've got going on, you can go to communicationgeneration.com.au and it's on the Instagram and Facebook as well. But the website sort of really sums up the heart of what it is I'm trying to do.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, thanks so much for being here and for on behalf of all of us, you've been awesome. <laughs> thanks for communicating and yeah. Hopefully, we'll have you back some other time.
3: That would be incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thank you, you. Erica.
1: (laughs) That was a really great conversation to have with Erica. I learned so much. What do you think you're going to take away from this, Jen?
0: There was so much gold to glean from it. I kind of laughed when she was talking about the traumas and dramas on the playground. And I feel like we're in that stage where, because Iz is seven, so she's just start like everything is just big. There is big situations and it's at night, like when we sit down and we talk about it and there's the strong feelings. There is very much the recap of the day and the interactions. And I love that she tells me that, but actually realizing how impacting it is because I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But that time at night to calm down and process. And I love, I think we're going to really use the calm jars that Erica gifted us actually sitting and waiting on the glitter to settle and actually having those conversations. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of impacts. Just give it its time. Like I think giving kids the time and the space that it takes for that to settle to actually be with them and sit with them and talk with them through it. It was just a really helpful conversation with a lot of practical.
1: Yeah, totally. Thank you. What about you, Susanna? What are you going to take away from today's conversation with Erica?
2: Actually, mine's quite similar to Jenny's in that I loved it when she said you need to give children time to reflect. And also I really appreciated when she said that you have to give them space to have tension and not feel awkward as a parent that that child is in a tense state. It's actually all part of the process of growing up Mm. and then working through that rather than trying to jump in and take the tension away for them or try and help them avoid any tension yeah, I loved what she had to say about that because I think that's really key hmm. right through life to learn how – if you can learn how to walk through those tense situations, then pretty much nothing's going to stop you.
1: Yeah, wow. Well. For me, though, the thing that at most was just that communication requires safety. I think it's something I've always known but not really been able to articulate that and trying to be aware that if I want my kids to communicate to me that I actually need to create a safe space mm-hmm. And even thinking about internally creating a safe space in myself when I'm struggling to communicate well or scared of communication. So yeah, it was a real light bulb moment for me. Something I'm really going to try to practice personally and with my gorgeous kids. So yeah, we really hope that today has had a powerful impact for you as well. That you've learned something around communication. If you want to connect with us more, you can go to our Insta, which is at AU, And on Facebook, we're at, at enjoying parenting we hope to see you soon and we just want you to remember you are a great parent you got this enjoy your kids this week